all these things that it would just be nice if you had a few hundred dollars extra or a thousand dollars extra a month. I want people to understand that you can have these kind of very, very attainable goals. Welcome to the Go Hard Chick podcast. This is your host, Crystal Holmes. And today I'm bringing you episode 47. We're going to talk about stocks to freedom with my girlfriend, Munga Abila. Go hard chicks. I am thrilled to bring this episode to you today. Munga is the founder of the Stock Sisterhood and she is a stock investor and she's going to share with you how she found stocks and how it led her to her personal freedom. This is a powerful episode because, as I've mentioned before, this podcast is all about the eight pillars of wellness. And one of those pillars is financial wellness. And if we're going to have a strong financial base as women, we need to know all about stocks. So whether you're a beginner in the stock game, you've never invested ever, or maybe you've already been investing, I promise you, you're going to get something out of this episode today. I love Munga. I love her story. She drops so many gems. I'm, I, I'm definitely going to ask her to come back <laughs> to share even more. But one thing that was so powerful, and I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it for you. But one thing that really resonated with me was how passionate she is about uplifting women. And she said that when, you know, a woman is uplifted, she uplifts everyone around her. And that's what it's all about, Go Hard Chicks. We got to uplift each other. We got to uplift our families. We got to uplift our children. And money, investing is an important part of that. So without further ado, Welcome to the Go Hard Chick podcast, Go Hard Chick, Munga Abila. Welcome to the Go Hard Chick podcast, Munga. I am so thrilled that you are here today. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited, but nervous, but I think we can do this. Don't be <laughs> nervous. Don't be nervous. You are a pro at this. You're going to tell us all about stocks. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I the podcast obviously is all about health and wellness for women, but I try to center each episode or all the episodes around the eight pillars of wellness. And one of those pillars is financial wellness. And I was thinking, I was like, gosh, we need to get somebody on here to talk about investing in stocks because I know I have some limiting beliefs about that, that are keeping me from being the go hard chick I need to be financially. So I am, I am super thrilled to have you come on today to share with us your knowledge and wisdom about investing in stocks. So thank you. No, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Now, Munga, I, I want to know, how did you find stocks? Tell us, tell us about your journey. 
Okay, so I'm originally from Zambia, Central Africa, and I came to the United States for college. So the original plan was to get into medicine, but I soon realized that as an immigrant, as an international student, there is no way I was going to be able to afford to pay for med school. So after I finished my bachelor's degree in biology, I went on to health administration. And then since then, I've had various roles in healthcare technology, clinical trials, pharmaceuticals. And my last role, I was working at a cancer hospital um, in clinical informatics. And uh, I live in Southern California. I have a, two daughters, aged 12 and 13. So that is where I am right now. I am no longer working in that role in informatics. I now trade on the market full time. How, how did you go from that role to trading full time? Like, I, I, I need to know. The listeners want to know. Yes. Okay. Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. So I've kind of been in the market for years, um, just buying and selling stock, but not in a really an active role, to in, not in an active way to actually make money from the market. So the way I kind of fell into this was during COVID, um, I was still working in the role in informatics and it was a very stressful time for me. My older daughter, um, the 13-year-old, has autism. So at the time that we were all working at home during COVID and the kids were supposed to be homeschooling, she couldn't do her work on her own. Um, if you have any experience with special needs, they need redirection. So there was no way. I didn't know how to implement a special needs curriculum. So here I, I was, you know, um, emails raining on me, meetings raining on me, and, you know, me being supposed to keep up with work at the same time trying to do homeschool. I was, Crystal, I was stressed to the bone. I was stressed at all times. And I remember one day, I um, I think I was in the kitchen trying to wrap up. And then I see that there's a meeting, it was at 5 p.m., I remember specifically. And then a meeting had popped up on my calendar. And I saw that the meeting had already started. And I saw that they were already asking questions of me, which I didn't know the answer. So at the time, I tried to rush to go into the, the, the closest place that I could find some quiet that was the bathroom. So I, I pushed my way into the bathroom and I have my computer in my lap and I have my phone. And then my daughter was trying to follow me into the bathroom. And Crystal, I literally shoved her out of the room so that I could take my meeting. And I still remember to this day what her eyes looked like. She doesn't understand why I'm shoving her out of the bathroom. So I was shoving her out of the bathroom and then trying to get on my meeting. And I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, this is crazy. This is crazy. I knew I was completely clueless in the meeting. I knew that they were asking questions of me that I didn't know the answer. So I just felt like I was failing at the job and I was also failing at being mom. And that's just a horrible feeling. I said to myself, I've got to do something different. So at the time I'd, I'd been you know, messing around with a travel blog and I knew that people made money while they were traveling. And I knew that people, you know, traded stocks while they were traveling, but I was like, oh gosh, I need to learn. I need to find something different. So I took a class, I buckled down and I studied till 2.30 in the morning. Sometimes I would study just to make sure that I actually got it. So I eventually started practicing and doing little trades here and there. And then eventually the wind started coming, the wind started coming. And then the epiphany for me, Crystal, was when one day, I was able to make my entire two-week paycheck in one trade. Then I was like, wow, <laughs> there is a different way to live. 
I could make 80 hours of work in a single trade. So then that's when I thought, you know, I'm just going to really buckle down on this. And, you know, I've been doing well since then. I was able to actually um, quit the job last year. So now I trade full time. And then I also teach other women how to do the same. Wow, Manga. I mean, that your story just so resonates with me because I remember that time of being in the midst of the pandemic and the kids were home and you're trying to, I remember feeling that way. There were periods of time where I felt like I was winning as a mom, but Uh I I definitely wasn't doing much work at that time, (laughs) you know, and it was just, and then there were times where I felt like I was not, I was losing as mom, but I'm winning at work. And it was that whole period for me was a period of reflection and just really trying to refocus on what our priorities, my priorities, what did I want? And it sounds like that's what happened to you. And you made this mm-hmm. huge shift. I mean, I wish I could stay home and trade stocks. <laughs> I want to know more. Like you, <laughs> you, you know, I'm thinking, dang, how can I make some extra money to pay for tennis lessons? And you're like, hey, I made, I walked away. That is... <laughs> That's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been blessed. I have to say that I've been blessed. Um, I, I just, you know, I think that it's, I just really want to get to a place where people understand that this is something viable. Like the stock market is something viable. I think like you mentioned that you have some limiting beliefs and those are common. And hopefully by being here today, I can help dispel some of those, um, some of those uh, limiting beliefs and some of those myths. Yes. So please tell us, Manga, first of all, how how can we make money in the stock market? Okay, great. So there are three there are three main ways to make money in the stock market. So the first way is day trading, and then you have swing trading, and then you have long-term investing or what they call buy and hold. So day trading is when I buy stocks in the morning, for example, I buy stocks in the morning and then I sell them the same day. That's a day trade. A swing trade is when I buy stocks today and then I sell them tomorrow or next week or next month, anything up to a year is considered a swing trade. And then a long-term investment or um, buy and hold is if I hold the stocks for more than a year, at least a year and a day. So day trading, I buy and sell the same day. And then um, swing trading, I buy and I sell tomorrow or anything up to um, the duration of a year. And then long-term is anything over one year. And you can do that with one single stock. For example, Apple. Apple is one of my absolute favorite companies. So I do, I, I day trade Apple, I swing trade Apple, and I also have Apple in my long-term portfolio to pass on to my kids, uh, to sell when I want to make a big purchase or whatever it is I want to do. So you can actually do swing, day trade, and long-term hold the same company. You don't have to necessarily do it in different companies. Now I have a portfolio with lots of different companies, but you can, you can do whatever you want. As long as you're making money and your portfolio is growing, that's what we're looking for, right? It doesn't matter whether you're day swing or actually holding for the long term. Okay. Now, I mean, I've got some long term, I mean, I've been holding some stock long term, but that's, 
That's mainly because I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what day trade. I don't know how to day trade. I don't know how to swing trade. Uh (laughs) So I think a lot of us may have, you know, some stuff that we're holding long-term. It might be in our retirement 401ks or IRAs or something, but we are Mm -hmm. scared. I mean, I have fear. I don't, I feel like I don't know. Is that the game I need to be in, you know, as far as day trading and, and swing trading may be concerned. And if I'm understanding correctly, if you're, and correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, swing trading will get you that money today that you may need. Like, and you know, like holding, I mean, that's for the future. But if I'm trying to make money today, would day trading and swing trading be what I need to look for? That is correct. So day trading and swing trading are more act what we call active trading, where you're making an income. You're trying to derive an income from the market. Whereas anything over a year, if you're holding for over a year, then you're it's mostly for the long term, any long term goals that you have. But as far as income, if you want to actually make money from the market, which is what I do as well, you'd be day trading or swing trading. Exactly. Understand. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, I know we're going to talk about some of these limiting beliefs that a lot of people have, but yeah, let's talk about that before I ask more questions about day trading. What are some common limiting beliefs? I know what I have, you know, I've got a lot of fears just about a lack of knowledge. Like, do I need to invest a lot of time? Just share with us, share with the listeners what many people fear and why we're wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. So the main three beliefs that I hear people say when I talk to them about the stock market, when they ask me, there are three main ones. The first one is that they think that they need a lot of money. The second one is that they need a lot of time. And the third one is that they think the stock market is risky. So I'm going to talk about all three of those, but I want to start with the the one that's really common people think that they need a lot of money, right? And I'm gonna take you back, I wanna take you back a few years to when I was young and I was working at a small software company. And there was a running joke in the company that my boss, the president of the company, would come in and look at his stocks a lot. And his office was across the way from mine, so I, I kinda of knew that you know he spent a lot of, quite a bit of time looking at his stocks. So I always wonder, to this day, how might my life have been different if I'd said to him, Mr. President, could you tell me a little bit about the stock market? Because I want to know. I want to understand. Could you please help me? But I didn't ask him, and I'll tell you why. I didn't ask him because the stock market, to me, was so far outside of my world. It was so far outside the realm of what I thought was possible for somebody like me. (laughs) I was an immigrant student. Um, I was working, you know, I was done with my degree, so I was working. But I mean, I was still an immigrant. And to me, the stock market was for people who had money, people who had trust funds, people who had access to all these things I didn't have. So it was not even in my vocabulary at the time to ask him to show me because it was not a world that I thought was available for me. Now, fast forwarding to where I am now, I'll tell people so differently. 
there is a place for anyone in the stock market. You don't need a lot of money. You can start exactly where you are. There are stocks with different price points. Of course, of course, there are the high price points like Chipotle or what Amazon used to be. But now they've actually made the, the stock market a little bit more accessible by um, actually some of these larger companies have been spreading their stocks. Um, Amazon used to be $3,000. Now they've, they, they, their stock is a lot cheaper now. They've broken it up into little pieces so more people can get in. Um, Google has been broken into little pieces so more people can get in. And there's a wide variety of stocks from American Airlines, which is you know $14, to Chipotle, which is $1,500, to Apple in between, which is $160. So there is a wide variety of stocks for people to get into. So don't let you know the thought that you don't have a lot of money um, prevent you from getting into the market. And also there are different strategies in the market. You can do what are called options that, that, that you know, um, don't cost as, lot, as much for you to get into. So just start where you are and then build up from there. Another thing that people don't know is that there's something called paper trading. So this is where you can actually use fake money in a real environment. So you can fund your account with a little bit of money, but then just take your time practicing with the fake money until you're able to build up your account. So certainly, I know the thought is that you need a lot of money, but all you need is a determination, <laughs> determination, and then the money will follow little by little. So that's what I would say to somebody thinking that they need a lot of money. And so like you brought up paper trading and we spoke about this offline. I, I had never really heard of that before. I did not know. Right. I had no idea that I could practice first. Mm -hmm. Now, is yes. that is that available on most trading platforms? Like, how do people learn more about that? Yes, most of the major trading platforms will have paper trading. I know Robinhood is a popular one, but it does, as far as I know, it does not have paper trading. So just the main ones, I'd recommend something like TD Ameritrade, Webull, um, E-Trade, um, Fidelity, I think has it. So a lot of them, uh, a lot of the main platforms will have paper trading. And then there are also other platforms that are actually just practice platforms. Like I think there's Rapunzel that you can use to practice. But I would say just open up an account and then all you need to do is fund it maybe with $500. But you don't even have to touch that $500. Just start with practicing first. So you open the account with $500. Then that gives you access to the data that you need to practice. And then from then on, only jump into your real money when you feel like you know what you're doing. And they could, because you teach, you teach ladies how to do this, right? <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. I sure do teach uh, ladies how to get into the stock market. And it's been, it's been a fun ride. It's definitely been a fun ride. So addition, in addition to the paper trading, Go Hard Chicks, you can take Munga's class. <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> and, learn, and learn how to do it and learn how to do it. Absolutely. So, okay. So we talked about, yeah, I mean, I have limiting beliefs with money. What okay. else do we, what are, what else are we afraid of that we need to get over? Okay. The other thing that people are afraid of is that the stock market requires a lot of time and it can require a lot of time if you don't have a strategy. What I do and what I teach my students is to only have a short list of stocks that you, you, you buy and sell. Right. So I'm not looking at the, the entire world and using all these screeners. I have a, a bunch of stocks that I've been trading in and out of for years. 
So I know them intimately and I know their kind of the, the patterns of their price action. I teach uh, the way we trade is that we're looking at charts and certain patterns on the chart tell us when to buy and when to sell. Now, if I only have a short list, I know these charts intimately and I know when to buy Apple and when to sell it. So I can set alerts on my computer, on my phone, actually saying, hey, let me know when Apple gets this low because I want to buy it at that time because I know that's a good level. So if you only have a short list that you're watching and then you also have alerts, it's certainly very, very manageable. I have students in my class who are nurses. And if you know nurses, nurses are very busy, but they're still able to manage their trades because they're looking at a short manageable list of good companies to trade in and out of. And then they also can set alerts on their, their um, phones that let them know this is a good time to get in. So if you implement those two things, um, having just a short watch list and then all your alerts is definitely manageable, definitely manageable. Okay, because I mean, the one time that I thought, oh, maybe I'll get in. I don't know if I was trying to do swing trading. What I was, I didn't realize that's what that's what I was trying to do. I just felt like I've got to sit here and watch this phone like all day. How do I do this and work? Yes, yes, yes. And there's also a way that you can actually automatically set in orders. So you can actually put in an order that says, when Apple gets to 145, then buy me a certain number of shares, right? So you can actually set it and forget it that way. You can set it to, to only buy at a particular price that you want. So then that way, if you have the order sitting in your phone, then that order will automatically execute when, when Apple hits your price point. Okay. Now you mentioned something that I'm just curious about. You mentioned that like in your course, you look at charts. Can you explain what, what is involved with that? What are you looking for? <laughs> okay, so essentially the, it's a simple chart which shows you price action over time. So it shows you how the stocks move up and down, up and down. And there are certain what we call formations on the chart. There are certain things on the chart that tell us this is where we would enter and this is where we would sell. So there are certain repeating formations on the chart that we look at historical uh, price action, how the stock has moved over time. And there are certain indications on the chart that tell us this is a good place to sell and this is a good place to buy. So we learn how to read the charts and learn how to look for those formations. And that's what uh, informs us of when to take a trade. Okay, okay. And you also mentioned, just because I'm curious, and the listeners maybe too. You also mentioned options. What, did, I mean, I've heard of that. I don't quite understand it. Can you break it down so someone like me can understand? Okay, no, 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 absolutely, absolutely. And it's important because options are very popular and they're popular for a reason. They're popular because I mentioned it's a, it's a way for you to grow a smaller account size. So it's a way for you to get in and actually have greater gains using less capital. So that's why it's, well, that's why it's um, popular. So when we're trading stocks, we're essentially trading shares. We're trading little pieces of companies. We're buying, say, 50 little pieces of Amazon at such and such a price. I buy it and then I sell it later. So that's what we're doing when we're trading stocks. Options, on the other hand, we're trading contracts. So you may be wondering, well, contracts to do what? Basically, we're buying and selling contracts to 
freeze the price of a particular asset at a, at, at a particular price so that we can buy and sell at a fixed price. So let me explain it a little bit better. I think it'll be, it'll be easier for you to understand this way. Say there's a house on the market that's $200,000. I go to the owner and I say, hey, I want the right to be able to buy this house at $200,000 anytime from now till the end of the year. Then the owner will say, okay, well, that sounds good, but you're going to have to pay a fee for that. If you want me to keep the house at $200,000 for you, then you're going to have to pay me a fee. And that fee is $1,000. So we call that fee a premium. So I give this gentleman $1,000 to retain the right to buy the house at $200,000, no matter what happens in the market, right? So say they build a target around the corner and now the, the value of the house has gone up to 250. Well, guess what? I have a contract in my hand that says I can buy this house at 200, even though it's 250 on the market. So what do you think then happens to the value of my contract? The value of my contract goes up because people are lining up to buy it. They'll say, what? You have a contract to buy that house at 200, even if it's 250? Oh, I want that contract. I'll give you 2000 for it. <laughs> so that's what happens. When you buy a contract that guarantees you can buy something at a particular price, if the price of that asset or that thing goes up, then the contract you have in your hand becomes more valuable because now you have a contract in your hand that says you can buy something less than the market price. And that's what makes your contract valuable. So in a simple sense, that's what options are. You're buying, you're buying and selling contracts, not actual shares. Okay. And that makes it in that regard, and correct me if I'm wrong, you that's less money output if yes. you do okay. Yeah, okay. that's less money you have to put in because when you each option contract that you buy allows you to control a hundred shares. So for example, if I buying a hundred buying and selling a hundred shares of Apple, I need a hundred I need sixteen thousand dollars. But if I buy a, a contract to control those a hundred shares, I could only be paying say a thousand dollars. So it's a way, it's a way to have more leverage to control a large number of shares versus actually buying the shares outright, which would cost a lot more money. Ah, okay. Yes, yes. I hope that's clear. And I can explain a little bit more. <laughs> no, by putting in the context of like the home contract, mm -hmm. I, I just started to think, okay, thousand dollars, that's like earnest money, you know. So yes, that really, yeah, yeah that really kind of made it click for me. So now I, now I get it. Thank you. So we talked about like, okay, we don't need a lot of money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you can get around the time. Uh -huh, uh -huh. What, a, what about the risk? Cause I know I'm, yeah. that makes me hesitant. Everybody mm -hmm. I know is hesitant about risk. They, especially now we're supposed to be in a bear market um, yes. and people are freaking out. It appears people are freaking out. So what about the risk? Great question. Great question. So I have a couple of ways um, that I use to, to mitigate risk in the stock market. So the first one is to only, I only deal with good companies. 
So I don't deal with companies like penny stocks or, or companies that I've never heard of or companies that I don't know if they're going to be here tomorrow. So I only deal with good companies, companies that you know that, that, that you know have a history, that you know have historical information that we can actually use to make decisions. Remember, we talked about charts. We can only read charts if there's historical information. So if a company is brand new, I'm not going to put my money in because it doesn't have that history that I can that I can use to make decisions. So you want to do your big companies. I talk about Apple all the time. That's one of my favorite. Uh, uh, Boeing, Twitter, or um, Target, Walmart, FedEx, UPS, the companies that you know and are, that are tangible and you know are not going to disappear overnight. So that's a huge way, one huge way to mitigate your risk. Only deal with companies that you know, good, stable companies. So that, that, that's a huge part right there. And then number two, trading is risky if you don't have a plan. So anytime I enter a trade and I teach my students this, you must always have a trading plan. And a trading plan has three components. A trading plan has where you're going to enter, meaning where you're going to buy. And then there's something called a stop loss. That's very important. A stop loss. So a stop loss is exactly that. It keeps you from losing in perpetuity. So what it, ha what it does is that it's kind of you can put a safety net underneath where you buy. So if I get into Apple at 160, I can put a stop loss or an, uh, a safety net underneath that says, hey, if Apple goes down to 145, then I need to exit the trade automatically. And this will happen if you're in a meeting, you're in a court case, you're changing diapers, whatever it is that you're doing. If Apple falls to 145, falls to below 145, that order will automatically take you out. That way you have your, you predetermine your risk. So it's very important to predetermine your risk before you enter a trade. Right. So you have the entry where you buy in, then you have a stop loss. Very, very important to have a stop loss. And then the last component is that you should have a target. You should know where you're going to take your profit. So the charts are going to tell us all this. They're going to tell us where we need to buy. They're going to tell us where we need to put our safety net and they're going to tell us where we need to take our profit. So if you go into a trade with that predetermined risk, that takes a lot of that, that scariness off the table, right? It takes a lot of that off the table because you know ahead of time, I will only lose, if this trade goes badly, I will only lose such and such. And then also the way I do it is for every dollar you risk in the market, there should be a potential to make three. We call it reward to risk ratio. So to put it simply, for every dollar that I put, that I risk, there should be a potential to make three. If there's not a potential to make three, then that's not a high probability trade and I'm going to pass. So those are some of the things you can do to make sure that you um, mitigate your risk in the market. And the last thing is just, just, just get an education. <laughs> get an education so that you know what you're doing. A lot of people jump in, they throw their money in the ring and then just hope it goes up. And sometimes you may get lucky, but that's not a consistent way for you to make money. So you got to get yourself a good education, get the right training, paper trade. A lot of people don't even know you can do that. Paper trade before you ever put your real money in there. So just to re recap, in order to mitigate your risk in the market, 
only deal with good companies that you know are not going to disappear overnight. The penny stocks may be attractive, but they're, they're cheap and they're cheap for a reason. <laughs> so only invest in good companies. Always have a trading plan. Know how to put a stop loss before you get into anything. And then number three, just get yourself a good education so that you know what you're doing. See, you're breaking it down simply. And I don't know that I've ever heard it broken down in this way. I mean, I've heard of each, everything you've talked about, like bits and pieces, but I didn't know how it worked together mm-hmm. all together. So I appreciate that. I, and I realize just the mistakes that I have made. I mean, I, I mean, true story. I have invested in some penny stocks. <laughs> <laughs> of course, they're attractive. <laughs> and, you know, you don't know who to turn to. Like, it's all these YouTube videos mm-hmm. where they're like, yeah, this is the hottest mm-hmm. thing, you know, but they yes. they tell you to invest in these particular stocks, but they don't tell you, hey, you need to have a plan or they'll loosely mm-hmm. mention stop loss, for example. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. What does that mean? Yes, what do I yeah. do with that? Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I can honestly say, I don't, I never thought about it from the, having a target because I've always looked at stock investment from the lens of long-term. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a different right, mindset. Right. And so I guess if I want to try to do something different, I have to shift. Well, I can have all three, like you said, but I've got to shift my mindset, you know, so that I'm just not sitting and I'm not paying attention. Yes. Yes. And there's a really cool way too, where you can set all three at the same time. So you can set where you're going to buy, you can set your stop loss, and then you can also set your target to sell when it reaches the target. So you can truly set it and forget it. You can say, Hey, I'm going to buy now. If it goes South, get me out. But if it goes the way I want it to go, then take my profit at this point. So you can do all three at the same time. Now you do this this is what you do. Is this something, and I know you teach folks how to do it. So this is, this question is not about necessarily your teaching, but mm-hmm. how many hours a day do you spend trading or just whatever you do with the stock market? Is it, and I know you said it doesn't require a lot of time, but just mm-hmm. curious for those of us that want to get out of this rat race, like how much time do you invest a day to it? Um, it just really depends. Honestly, there's some days that I might not do anything at all. Um, what I really encourage people to do is rather than say, I have to get in daily, think about a target. If you're saying, hey, I would like, it would really make a difference in my budget if I could make $300 a week. If you make your $300 that on Monday, then you don't have to do anything on the rest of the week. Or if you make 150 on Monday and 150 on Wednesday, then you're done. So there are some days actually when I feel like the market is kind of doesn't really have a direction or I haven't reached my target, then it's okay to sit it out. So I look at the market. I wake up in California, the stock market opens at 630. So I wake up at six and I get out my phone and I look at, you know, how the day is likely to open because there are certain indicators that tell you that. See how the, the day is likely to open, see how my stuff did overnight, and then I'll decide, oh, am I going to get into something today? Um, does anything look good for me to get into? If it does, then I'm going to go ahead and set an alert. If not, then okay, well, maybe today I'm not really going to um, do anything. 
So it just depends. It's not that you have to sit there every day. You have to be glued to your computer. First of all, I hardly trade on my computer. I use my phone a lot. So all the alerts can send me texts on my phone. And then if something hits my level where I want to get in, then I get in. So there's some, honestly, the total time that I will spend, (laughs) maybe I'll look at the first 30 minutes of the market and make a decision. And then I can also come back at the last hour of the market and make a decision on whether I want to you know, hold things till the next day, whether I want to take some money off the table or or whatever it is that I want to do to manage my trade. So number one, you don't have to do this daily. There is no need to do this daily. If you make your target for the for the week on one day, then that's it. You don't have to come back in again. So no, I don't, I don't spend a lot of time. And of course, because I have experience now, the more experienced you are, the less time you're going to have to put into it. So in the beginning, you will have to put some time into it. But once you know what you're doing, and again, you only have a certain number of stocks that you're looking at, remember? You're only looking at a short So if I look at my list and none of my list looks like it's where I want to get in, okay, no, 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 no trade for me today. And that's perfectly fine. Okay. It's like you, you said so much that resonates. I mean, it's just a different way of thinking. It's funny because when you brought up setting the target and, you know, you said if your target is 300 a week. Mm-hmm. Years ago, there was an attorney that I spoke to, he was self-employed, and he said, look, I have a target mm-hmm. that I want to earn each week. Uh, let's say it's, I don't know, 20000 mm-hmm. for the week. He said, if I hit that on Tuesday, then mm-hmm. I close my office. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Oh, super. Exactly. And he's exactly. like, yeah. We can work from home. Like I made the money that I needed to make. I'm not going to keep slaving. And I just thought, God, he's living some freedom there. Now, in reality, I mean, you can't just, attorneys can't just shut it down because, you know, clients. But I mean, I, I, I totally understand that now. Like set your target. That, that's key, setting a target and work toward that, towards that goal. And then the rest is just freedom. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. I have students who start with a target of $50 a day, right? $50 a day. And when you think about it, $50 a day over five days is $250. So if you happen to make $250 on Monday, then then that's okay. Everything on top is, everything else is just kind of cream on the top. But if you make your $250 for the week, that, that that's all. And then another point I want to make too is that People think that getting into the stock market means or should mean that you're going to become this multimillionaire and have a Lamborghini and live off the coast of Sicily for a month. That, that's really not what I, the point I want to have people understand. The stock market can be for you if you're somebody who just wants to create some breathing room in your budget. I mentioned $50 a day. So $50 a day is $250 for the week. That's your groceries. That's maybe the daycare bill. That's maybe your gas bill or whatever it is that you want to just get a little bit of help with. So you don't have to have lofty goals to make all this money initially. It could just be, hey, I just need a little help to pay my bills. And I want people to see the the stock market as that. It's not something that's going to get you rich quick. But it's certainly something that can help with your budgets just so you have a little bit more to play with. Maybe start saving for that college fund finally, 
right? You mentioned the the the, the ballet, the the dance classes, all these things, your card notes, all these things that it would just be nice if you had a few hundred dollars extra or a thousand dollars extra a month. I want people to understand that you can have these kind of very, very attainable goals, very attainable goals just to make your life a little bit easier. Yeah. And see, that's speaking my language because I go to when I think, okay, I need to pay for tennis or the extra whatever tuition, I go to labor. How can I get another case? Yes. How can I get another little Mm -hmm. job? I don't think uh, maybe I can invest in some stocks this week. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Hours for money. That's what we're trained to do. (laughs) That's how we're trained to think hours for money, hours for money. But there's there's a there's a different way to do things. There's a different way to do things. <laughs> yeah, this this was an aha episode for me because I I realize now I need to really shift how I think about things because we all I mean I know I entered this conversation with some limiting beliefs and you have helped me with that. You know we have mm-hmm. to shift how we do things. We don't have to go get a second labor job like you said yes. if if you need to make extra money for groceries you you can do that you just gotta yes put the time in learn right you know so tell us manga if if folks want to take your class they want to learn from you because i'm certainly interested <laughs> how can they learn more <laughs> how can they learn more about you and and how you can help us Okay, wonderful. So you can find me on Instagram at thestocksisterhood.com. No, no, not .com. On Instagram, it's at thestocksisterhood. You can also find me on Facebook. Same thing, thestocksisterhood. And I think I have some some um, links that I provided to you. I'm in the midst of trying to make a YouTube channel. <laughs> Haven't quite gotten there yet, but Instagram is an easy one, The Stock Sisterhood. You can also email me at hello at thestocksisterhood.com. Hello at thestocksisterhood.com. I'm in the middle of trying to become a little bit more organized, <laughs> but um, yes, those three, you can reach me at least in one of those ways. Okay, great. Now I'm trying to ask this when I can remember of all the guests, is there anything that you wanted to share that I didn't ask you about today or that you haven't had the opportunity to share? Um, no pressure, no pressure. <laughs> no, really the, the takeaway, the takeaway I want for everybody is the stock market is something that's available for you. It's not for people who have money. It's not for people who have trust funds. It's not for people who have six-figure, multi-six-figure incomes. Not at all. Not at all. If you just have a little bit of money you want to see grow, the stock market is for you. It's for you. It's for your sister. It's for your neighbor. It's for your daughter. I have a mother and daughter group in my class, that I'm, uh, mother and daughter duo in my class that I'm really excited about because imagine the power of that. Imagine the power of being able to teach your daughter how to do the same. And then another thing too, when I initially started talking about the stock market, a lot of women will say, well, my husband does it, or my brother does it, or they know somebody who, who, who is active in the market. And I just really want women to just own the power 
that I can get into the market. I am smart enough to get into the market and I can make money. And the reason that too, I like to focus on women is women change things. You know that <laughs> when women, when a woman goes up, she lifts everybody around her. She lifts everybody around her. So that's why I really want to focus on women just to give them the power that, Hey, there's a way I can make money out of, in the market. There's a way I can make money without exchanging my time for money. Then I have time to spend more time, have time for my kids. I have time to go on a date night. I have time to travel. I have time to visit aging parents, whatever it is. For me, my why was my kids. I mentioned that my daughter has autism. I worry about puberty for her. So my drive was I cannot be at a job and commuting on the road if the school needs me. So whatever your why is, I think that the stock market is someplace that you can, you're smart enough, you have the ability to learn the stock market. It's not just for rich people who have trust funds. It's also for you. If you just want to set a small target for yourself, start from there and then build up. I think that you can totally do it. And I think the reason I like to focus on women too, is that women tend to lift one another. I have a mother and daughter duo in my class that I'm really excited about. Imagine learning how to, to make money from the market and then teaching your daughter and generations to come. To me, that's just super powerful. And I'm just excited about it. Yeah, and I love that because I'm I really want my daughter to learn this kind of thing. I don't want her to feel handicapped and, and to not have certain knowledge as she moves forward. So I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up. A lot of times we, we rely on our partners or our spouses, if they even know, or we give our money to I don't know, investment bankers. Yes, we, yes. we trust that they know what they're doing. But even if you go that route, I feel like we still need to have some knowledge a so that we, right. A thousand percent. So even though you have somebody managing your money, you should know what's happening to that money. You should know, hey, I think that my return would be better served if I did this or that. You should know what your money's doing. You should know what your money's doing. Okay. Well, I think, Monga, I think I'm going to have to sign myself and my daughter <laughs> So kids get excited when they have a little Disney stocks or Roblox or whatever it is. Get them, get them into it. They start getting excited too. They start getting excited too. It's really fun. Yeah. I think she's at that age where it's time to start introducing those things because, you know, I I just don't want, you know, like you said, we need, women have the power to lift up the next generation. We do to make change. So we got to keep doing that and, and reinforcing it, not only for ourselves, but for the generations to come. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much, Manga. I really enjoyed this. And you, you've got to come back and share more. Oh, of course. Anytime. This was so fun. I did it. <laughs> you did it. You did it. Anytime. Anytime. I know stocks is a little bit complex. So anytime you want me to come back, I'm here. Thank you so much. <laughs> well... There you have it, Go Hard Chicks. Another fabulous episode, this time with my girlfriend, Munga. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave a fabulous Go Hard Chick rating and review. 
It really does help the podcast out. Once again, go hard chicks. I am forever grateful for all of your support. Thank you for listening. Take care.